Hi, this is Erin. And this is Jessica. This is one, 139. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 139 of the Double Knit Podcast. Ta-da! <laughs> As you can tell, it's evening. Yes. <laughs> well, so I'm tired. Yes. So, uh, last time mm-hmm. you said you might have news about your job. I so do have news just about, about my job. It, you? Uh, I have a new job. Uh, I am now an assistant beauty buyer for Zulily, which, if you're not familiar, is a flash sale website that's located here in Seattle. Um, made news last week because we're now sponsors of the Sounders and the Rain, the women's professional soccer team here mm-hmm. in Seattle. Um, <laughs> have a new logo that's going to be on the jerseys that nobody likes, apparently. Um, <laughs> they don't like but, the logo or the no, jerseys? They like or the, they don't like the logo. Oh. There's a lot of complaining about it online. Mm. But anyway, anyway, that's us. Uh, I am an assistant beauty buyer for Fragrance. Um, so it's totally different than my old job and I work a normal like schedule normal schedule so I have all this time in the evenings to do things that I never had before and it's crazy it's nice, huh? yeah weekends off weekends off yeah so nice to have weekends off it's weird when you go from having like a random kind of not set schedule mm-hmm. to having one you're like what the shit I have like so much free time <laughs> I know that I can like count on regularly yeah yeah and I was really worried that doing simple, like, everyday things like, you know, going to the grocery store would be a nightmare because everyone else would be on mm-hmm. the same regular schedule. But that has, like, we went to, of all things, Ikea on Sunday afternoon thinking, like, all right, I know what I want. We'll be in and out. And and it wasn't bad at all. I mean, like, yeah. the, you know, the lines at Ikea were super long. But, like, even the traffic, like, the viaduct here in Seattle is closed. They're tearing it down they're tunnel open, time open a tunnel um they're calling so that's like this whole traffic seattle, squeeze. seattle <laughs> by a doom um and so the driving back from ikea you you're coming from you're impacted by that and traffic was great it was yeah. like white everyone's kind of afraid to go anywhere. i think so yeah so so far it's been great so yeah yay here's to having a normal life thank you Define normal. Well, you know, like somewhat normally scheduled life. Normally scheduled life, yes. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, what you been doing? Oh, I'm going to Stitches West. (gasps) Oh, you are. I just bought tickets last night. Whoa. Okay. Um, My sister is going, and I got one of those Alaska emails. Alaska Airlines email saying like super cheap tickets, and I always look at them because I'm like, where could I? In my imagination, go for $39 each way. It's never $39. Yeah. But um, dead tickets for February for $99 each way from awesome. here to San Jose. Oh, perfect. So, wow. Uh, That's fun. And I want to hang out with my sister. Yeah. And, yeah, so I'm just going and leaving from work, flying down Thursday afternoon, and then coming back Saturday late. Early evening, mm-hmm. kind of. So it's going to be like a really short amount of time, but oh, that's fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Very that cool. just happened in a very short <laughs> period of time. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, it'll be good. So I hope to see some of you folks there. I won't be there for any. I don't think I'll be there for any podcast meetups or anything because I think those usually happen Saturday. But mm-hmm. I'll be around on Friday. Mm-hmm. While my sister's in class, I need people to hang out with. <laughs> 
trying to get her to ditch. Oh. <laughs> Which she was like. Those glasses are expensive. Yeah, and they only give credit. Yeah. Like partial credit for future things. And I was like, well, yeah. if it sucks, just come find me. So. Uh, so, yeah. Looking for people to hang out with. Fun. Who will put up with my nonsense. Yeah. So. Yay. <laughs> um. Also, I just want to say a quick thing just because of all the conversation happening in the community mm-hmm. about racism and exclusion and inclusion, because it feels weird not to say something yeah. like people who are opting out of the conversation because they want knitting to be their political free space or whatever. I understand the compulsion, but knitting is political <laughs> um, and you can't really do that unless you're just gonna sit in your house and not interact with other knitters. So well it's interesting like, I didn't I haven't really said anything much at all about it online just because well one because I felt like other people were um it's compiling, important to listen. We're compiling yeah. well, one that other people were compiling a lot of good information and disseminating yeah. it but I felt like I was seeing people sharing the same thing over and over and over and over again and I felt like my sharing the same thing wouldn't be adding anything to the conversation. Um, and (laughs) I mean, I was talking to Wes about this. So like, I don't know if all listeners know Wes is Korean American. So I'm the mom of multiracial kids and you know, the only white person in my family. And so conversations around race and around privilege are, like a daily event in our house. And I will say, and I don't say that like, oh, I'm so good at this. Like I will say that conversations around race and white privilege and ways in which I like have failed are also a daily event in my house. Like my kids will call me out on like, you know, where like, you know, I'll say like, I didn't see anything problematic about blah, 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 blah. And they will call me out on it all the time. So I feel like I get checked quite a bit. Um, and it is top of mind. Yeah. But I just, I didn't really feel like I had something meaningful to contribute mm-hmm. and you know, I could see, th- I'm, I'm glad the conversation is happening. I mean, Me unfortunately too. though, Seriously. I feel like I'm seeing a lot of really disappointing, like, I don't you know, just very defensive. And I mean, and, you know, I guess I, I well, the, the it's hard to talk it's about because like, it's, it's not, not yeah. but it's like, I see very defensive stuff, but I, I mean, I feel like as a white person in this world, like we've all been in this, that position where every once in a while we'll be like, you know, cause it's where you might find yourself being like, well, I, you know, being defensive when you're yeah. called out on something, because it is uncomfortable to get, you know, to get called out of that, even if it's your kid. Who says, like, you don't like rap music because you're a racist. And being like, ouch. Like, maybe I just don't like rap music. I I said I don't like reggae, but it's part... I'm, And I understand that because people could say that about me. Maybe it's true. Maybe I've internalized that. It is uncomfortable. None of us are perfect. I mean, it's interesting, too, to watch people who are, like, trying to enter this conversation and trying to do so much. And them getting checked and getting corrected and, like... There is, and I, and maybe that is discouraging to people, but I guess the point, maybe, I don't know what my real point is here, but, <laughs> but if I can say anything, it's just that there is no perfection. Like yeah. we are in a world that is systemically racist 
mm-hmm. whether you realize it or not. And that, you know, I was talking to a friend and she was saying like, all these conversations, it's just exhausting. And, and it is, it is very, it takes, it's a lot of work and it is exhausting. And the thing is, here's where, you know, you have privilege is that if you have a day where you're like, ugh, I am tired and you I am not taking part in this, like that's your privilege. Yeah. Because if you're walking down the street and you're not white, you can't turn that off. Yeah. You can't opt out of all of that. Um, I mean, and, I do. And I'm guilty of it too. Like yeah. I'll be having a conversation with, you know, with one of my kids and just like, you know, for the 8 millionth time and feeling like, oh man, it's like, I just don't feel like talking about this right yeah. now. And like when that happens, it's like, that's your privilege right yeah. there. Cause it's yeah. not an option for them. Like they have to go, you know, I mean, my older son doesn't go to school every day, but you know, my younger son still has to go to high school every day and deal with racism, mm-hmm. you know, high school racism, oh, yeah. extra special variety. Um, and, and sexism and all of these other things that are happening. Um, you know, in those little teenage minds. Yeah. And, and I don't do that every like, day. I didn't bring it up to like start dissecting it or whatever, yeah. because I, I just, I want to see the conversation continue. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention it because it's really weird for us not to mention it yeah. because it's I know that I logged big... so much screen time the last yeah. three weeks or so. Um, trying to figure like figure out oh, first off, first off, like what happened and then like, monitoring the situation and then thinking about like what my role is as a white lady, you know, it's so mad props to everyone who participated in that conversation in a meaningful way. And so, yeah, just mentioning that to mention it, glad it's happening. Would be weird if I didn't say it, Mm. we didn't touch on it at least. (laughs) Now we'll talk about knitting. Okay. Do you want to talk about what you've been knitting? Sure. I, it's not a lot. Um, so let's see, I finished, uh, since we last met, I knit the autumn dreamer hat, which, uh, is a cable, simple cable hat, um, available on Ravelry. That's got like a, it's got a garter brim that's done in a contrast color. I think I just did in some cascade 220. I've done, you know, I'm me. I've done a whole bunch of helix hats. I knit the crisscross hatch cowl. Um, I know it's one of actually a whole series of cowls that I can't remember the designer's name. They're free on Ravelry and there are simple color work cowls that are all based on weaving drafts. Um, and this one, it's like, it's such a basic pattern. It's just one step removed from doing like a simple, um, houndstooth pattern, but it makes this cool woven effect. Um, like, um, uh, in color work. Um, but yeah, so she's got a lot of really cool, they're just really simple. It's just a plain tube, you know, done in two colors. Um, I also knit, I haven't even taken a photo of this. I knit Boel, which is, um, How do you spell that? B-O-E-L-L-E. And it's okay. by Bomberie Burns, Chic Knits. And I started it like a very long time ago. Um, and a skein of, um, whole flock from local fiber company or local color fiber. 
which and I know so, she's just rebranded. Yeah, Local Color, color Farm, Farm and, and Fiber. Fiber. Emily's an awesome shout out. I've talked to her yes. before, but <laughs> she's an awesome natural dyer. I took one of her natural dyeing classes before she moved her farm to Puyallup. And uh, she's also a farmer. Yeah. So, but I started it. I knit like the whole thing, like or almost the whole thing. It was like knitting the edging, and then I looked at it and I was like, "Why does this look different?" And I re- anyway, short version is I realized I missed like a whole step in the instructions, <laughs> and I missed like a whole I don't know ten rounds or something that I was supposed to do differently. So I ripped everything back, like ripped the whole thing out. And then, you know, sometimes when you rip out a project, then you're just mad at it. So then it just sat Mm -hmm. there, I think, from like August (laughs) until December. And then finally I was like, I'm just going to get it done to call it done for the year. Um, So I finished that. Um, But I couldn't find my blocking pins when I blocked it. So it didn't, I didn't block it really nicely. Like I didn't get the, it's got a lace. It's really simple. um, Sorry, I didn't say that. It's a very simple cowl that's done, that's, um, got a mesh lace and then like a, uh, a pointed lace on the edge. Oh, so, really um, so you really want to like pin out the points when you block it. I couldn't oh. find my pin. So I just tried to like mush it out and you know, no. So <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't look good. You know, it's just, it's not blocked. <laughs> so I never photographed it. Cause I thought like this d- does not look good. Um, but I need, so I, need to do that um i then right for the start of the year um um elizabeth doherty um blue bee studio is doing a knit a sweater knit along um for winter that started on the first and i am knitting my first sweater in four years what, what? i know oh because you don't have a uniform anymore i know well do you have like business cash? Yeah, kind of thing? I mean, like I wore. The, actually, everyone yeah. today was very impressed that I knit my sweater. Because <laughs> I think like my coworkers are slowly starting to learn that I'm a knitter, but I don't think they understand that I actually am a good knitter. Um, so they were like, "Did you make that?" Anyway, we had a whole conversation in the elevator about it. They were impressed. So, um, but I'm knitting Helvetica, which is a very simple, um, open front cardigan. And I'm knitting it in some yarn, some very special yarn that you're I had. knitting it in yarn. Uh, I know some very special yarn that I had custom milled a couple of years ago that has just oh. been sitting. Doing she nothing. can't talk about where it's from I because she's not talk supposed about who made to. It. I can tell you about the sheep. I can tell you, like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, I bought a fleece of a variegated Cordale whose name was Polka Dot. <laughs> Um, because she was a polka dotted sheep. She had like white patches and dark brown patches and all these. And so I, all the fiber got blended together and it's a nice warm medium brown and I'm holding it double to knit the sweater cause it's meant to be knit in, I think some company, yeah, the, whatever the, the heavy, the linen the tape. Is that not it's Kestrel? It is Kestrel. Is it Kestrel? Okay. Kestrel Sparrow is the thing. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So it was supposed to be knit in Kestrel. I will not be knitting any linen sweaters. Um, so I, I tried that sample on. She had it at one of the California retreats, and I was leery of the that yarn. But I think I want to knit one in that yarn. I would wear one out of. You just linen. Don't want to knit I don't want to knit one out of linen. <laughs> I hate knitting in non wool. Like it's so. I just I do not enjoy it. It makes my hands hurt. I hate my tension. I don't. I don't enjoy knitting with cotton or linen at all. So. 
Um, but I, you know, nothing against linen. Linen's lovely. It is. Um, and obvious, and it makes more sense where Elizabeth lives, where it gets much hotter in the summer. Yeah. You know, so, um, anyway, so I'm doing that. I've got the body pretty much done. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to put it on like holders for now and do the arm. So it's, um, a seamless top down construction. Um, so I think I'm going to do the arms just because I have a sense that once I've picked up around the arms, it'll kind of hoist it up a little yeah. bit. And I, cause I feel like if I decide like, Oh, it's long enough now, once I put the sleeves on, then suddenly it'll be, it'll be slightly shorter. Yeah. So I think I want to see how it fits once I get the sleeves That's on. That's a good idea. And then I'll decide how long to make it. Um, and also I might like it just a teeny bit longer anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. And then, yeah, I've just been doing a lot of like plain hats for, I, so one of the things about my new job is that I now commute by bus, which I never did before, like ever. Um, <laughs> so, but I don't commute very long and I don't always get to sit. Um, so I'm only on the bus, maybe 15, 20 minutes ish each way. Um, depends which bus I catch and I'm not always able to knit cause I'm not always sitting down somewhere. Um, so, but, and I also get really motion sick, so I can't do anything that involves looking, looking. at it. <laughs> so I've just been doing plain hats or, or helix hats, but mostly just, yeah, just simple, simple, plain stuff. Um, yeah. So that's what I've been doing. I'm finishing a helix hat right, right now. now. That's, that's all my knitting. What's okay. Knitting? Oh my God. Hold on. Knitting You're knitting a giant neon tube. I am. It's so cute. It's so stripey. Yes. What yarn is this? This is pineapple yarns and it's kind of like soft variegated stripes. Mm-hmm. So I bought a sock set that was like a neon green mini skein and then, um, a larger skein. I think it's only like 237 yards or something. So it's a sh- smaller huh. skein. Okay. Um, so I'm just doing a sock tube with ribbing on both ends. I'll cut it in half, do the toes, and then after afterthought heels. Um, cute. I lost the tag, so I don't know what the color is. But it's really <laughs> cute. Isn't it yeah, cute? it is. Um, and this has been my best knitting. Ah, yes. Perfect. And I decided I was tired of it, and I just to decided look to. Look at it. I knit all, this is the entire amount of the, the main color. Mm, yeah. So, um... Yeah, so I'm knitting those socks. Let's see. I finished a bunch of stuff, but I'm going to talk about what I'm actually knitting right now because I only have two things. This is one <laughs> of them, and I'll finish it soon. Uh, I just started Playdate by Tin Can Knits, which is from their ebook that was like Max and Bodie's Playdate, I think. Oh, okay. You know, it's like all baby patterns. Mm-hmm. There's a pullover vest and a little cardigan and a blanket and booties and a hat. And leggings, I think, like baby leggings. So my sister-in-law and her husband are adopting a baby. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, after years of waiting, they got picked. So, uh, yeah, in April. That's so exciting. Having a boy. There is like a flood of boys coming. Really? Um, A flood? Yes, a flood of boys. (laughs) One of my former coworkers, like a month after I left work, announced that she was pregnant um, she's having a boy. Another one of my former coworkers, who's been a former coworker for much longer, she's having a boy. Like right around the same time, um, Liz Arrow, formerly of Stash Yarns and Corvallis, is having twin twins. Boys. Congratulations! Like, congrats! 
Um, it's like a boy blood. Like all of a sudden, like I went through a long period of not having anyone at all in my sphere having a baby. Mm -hmm. And now I'm seeing all these people having babies and they're all having boys. Okay. Cool. (laughs) So I'm knitting the play date card again. Um, and the, I think it's the third size, like up to the third size, y'all take about one skein of 400 yards of sock yarn. So, um, I had this old, it's not that old. Uh, it's from 2012 because it said on the tag um, of yarn from Fiberfile. She's not dying anymore, but it's in this color called, I think, Irish Rain, which is like this like vivid Kelly green, but with black overtones. And it's really cute. I'm on the second sleeve because baby things are so sneaking fast. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, my sister-in-law was just like, she's a good knitwear recipient. Mm-hmm. And I asked, I was like, can I knit for my baby? She's like, bring it on. <laughs> so uh, she doesn't know I'm knitting the sweater, but I knit a hat and sent it at Christmas. It was like the only holiday knitting I did besides Noah's socks. I knit Elfin by Wooly Wormhead, which is like a little gnome mm-hmm. hat. Because she asked for a gnome hat. <laughs> and it's it was in cephalopod from like back in the oh. day. Old I think I bought it from, machine. I think I bought it maybe the first stitches I went to mm-hmm. a while ago. Cool. Yeah. So let's see what else I finished the self-striping vanilla sucks I was working on last time mm-hmm. in the gauge dye works, concrete and tulips. And then I took the leftovers and I made a baby hat. I don't know if that baby hat is going to my sister-in-law for their baby, but I was like, this will be an easy knit. I was having a week last week. <laughs> Work has been not great. Mm. Very busy. Because I got a kind of promotion. I had a, like, a change in my position, which means I'm learning very complicated things about benefits, which is not something I was looking forward to in my career, but it's happening. <laughs> I'm trying to go with the flow, but we do this thing at the beginning of the year where we kind of true up our information mm-hmm. about people. And it was like a lot of, it was a lot. <laughs> it was just a lot. So I was really tired last week. So yeah. that was a good thing. It's like a really plain hat. And I finished Wrath Trevor by, um, Jane Richmond mm-hmm. that I was converting into mittens. Right. I started them way back in November. Yeah. I was going to say, we've talked about that one already. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It took me like an hour to finish it because I just shoved it in a project bag and then I was, I'm trying to like wrap up old stuff mm-hmm. so what's that and I just said I finished Noah's Christmas socks mm-hmm. Eugene by Rachel Coopy from Coop Knit Socks Volume 2 and some Blue Moon Fiber Arts uh, sock yarn in the spruce color mm. so those have already been worn and all that stuff cool and I talked a lot about Vard last time, which was mm-hmm. the Colorwork Yoke sweater I was doing in Rama Fennel. And because I was, I think, on the n- ribbing for the neck. So, like, that's done. I've worn it a crap ton. <laughs> it's really warm, but it's still light because it's, like, yeah, it's warm where I need it, which is, like, around my neck. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have your jacket open a little bit, like, it's, like, kind of scarf action, you mm-hmm. know? Warming, but not too warm. So, yeah. That. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Three more things. Okay. 
(laughs) (laughs) Pace yourself. It's okay. Uh, I went to California for Christmas, which is the first time I'd done that since Audrey, since before Audrey was born. So, and she just turned 10. So my mom was so stoked to be down there. So she lives in the country. So I, uh, Noah and I spent a few days in Ukiah, which is my hometown. And I just hung out with my sister a ton, um, and ate Nepalese food. And we ate out at the Buddhist temple restaurant. Um, I mean pretty diverse oh and mexican food mm-hmm. and we found um a mexican popsicle place which had the best popsicles <laughs> i keep thinking about them because there's no place in seattle that i know of to get them mm-hmm. but no had a pinola one which is a, a mm-hmm. pine nut one yeah. but it's sweet mm-hmm. and it's pink and it's delicious <laughs> oh man you can make anyway it wouldn't be the same. I know. I just want to spend $3 on a Popsicle. <laughs> There's Seattle Pops in uh, Wallingford. It's not going to be I the know. same. Sorry. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, um, my mom lives out in the country in a different town, like 20 minutes away. So when we go out there, if we don't have a car, we're just kind of, st- I mean, I say stuck. My mom will drive me wherever I want to go. But <laughs> I basically didn't do much right. for the, the rest of the time I was there. Um, so I knit a pair of socks and I just made up like a really simple lace pattern, mm-hmm. um, out of Vulnvine blitzed base and deck the halls. Um, and her blitz base has a gold Stellina mm. instead of the silver. I prefer the gold, I think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they go with your glasses. <laughs> yeah. Cause I need my socks to go with my glasses. <laughs> I don't know how you sit, but. (laughs) (laughs) So I finished those. I think I started them the day we left. And then I was like, finished them at the airport on the way home. Cool. And the last thing I finished recently, just like over the weekend, is Waiting for Rain by Sylvia McFadden. Oh, yeah. Soft sweater. Um, I bought some yarn. Over the summer, LRA Lace Merino, mm-hmm. and that's like scummy green color, because I'm me, mm-hmm. and specifically to knit that shawl, okay. and I finally did it. Yay. That's a fun pattern. It is fun. I like the lace short rows. Yeah. I just, I remember being really excited when it came out, because I felt like it was right at the moment of like peak saturation of three color garter striped shawls, mm-hmm. which... I mean, I knit a fair bunch of, and I still have, like, 1,012 favorited on Ravelry, Mm -hmm. but it just felt so fresh to me, like, just an an original thought, Mm -hmm. the way, you know, so it's like, it's a garter, um, shallow crescent with those little slashes of lace through it, and I just, when I saw it, I was like, something different. Yeah. Because there was so much, like, same, 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 when I felt like when you were looking at patterns on Ravelry. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And she does have a two color version where you Mm -hmm. can do like the lace chunks in a different color. Yeah. Um, but I just did it in a solid, I still have to block it, but it's done other than that. So, um, and I can't wait to wear it. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, wait, I'm not done. No, she's not done. She lies. (laughs) Lies. Cause I knit quite a bit of small things Mm -hmm. and then just like finishing lingering things. So. I knit that ear flap baby hat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fiber. She's pointing at a hat right now. Yeah. You can't <laughs> see it. 
It's a fiber trans pattern. Oh, I've knit You're that. You're cozies. I've knit that a million times. Funny yeah. story. My husband used to knit, and he gave it up because he's carpal tunnel on both of his wrists from an old job. Um, so he, this is a pattern I got from him, mm-hmm. which I've never knit, but just kept. Oh, yeah. And I just used two scrap yarns. It's a good one. And I used both those yarns all the way up. That's the rest of it. So it's nice. a great charity knitting. You know, if you're yeah. sending if you're sending off a hat to someplace that's really cold, it's a yeah. Great so hat. I think I'm gonna send that to my my North Dakota mm-hmm. um, yeah. charity because they accept because those are non super wash. Oh, okay. it's the rest yeah. of a skein of um, Yoth's father, I think, and then some mm-hmm. of Emily's worsted weight. Mm-hmm. Her, I can't remember what her worsted weight is mm-hmm. in the marigold color. Mm-hmm. Um, I knit that little pair of socks, too. I'm also Aww. pointing. You can't yeah. see. Um, the Kia socks. socks by Dawn Landix. She just released that pattern last week. Oh. And that's... They, or do they have a pattern to them? Or yeah, they, they have a texture. It's hard to oh, see. Okay. It's a it's a it's busy a very yarn, and they're halfway across the room, so... Um, <laughs> Here. I'm squinting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cute. And that's Knitted with Victoria Sock, which is so nice. So cute. It's, like, really bouncy. It's really soft. You know how, like, so um... it's like a little kind of... Texture Checkerboardy texture that runs across the instep. Yeah. It's cute, cute. Uh, I really like this Victoria Victoria sock. It doesn't have nylon in it. Oh, okay. But it's, like, really bouncy, like, um, koigu mm-hmm. kind of is. It's got that same sproying. Yeah. It just feels really good after it's blocked. And it was really <laughs> nice to knit with. Um, but I don't have the... There is no color name on the tag. Oh. I don't know what it is. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. I either now my new thing apparently is losing tags or buying your own with no color name. <laughs> so because well, then it's super tag. easy to talk about. I just realized I forgot to mention one other thing that I've been doing this year, which is that I am I have been doing the spin fifteen a day stash down. Um, last year, this time of year, I was like, I'm doing spin fifteen a day. I'm doing such a great job, and I was. Until I wasn't. Like, sometime <laughs> around end of February, I just, like, fell off the bandwagon. Um, so, I've been much better about doing it consistently, but what I found was happening last year was that I would sit down to spin, and I would just keep spinning. So, I would, like, sit down to do my 15 minutes, and, like, four hours later, I was still spinning. This year, I sit down to do my 15 minutes. My 15 minutes is over. I'm done spinning. I put it away so I'm not Do you like you're burning out on it. I just um No, it wasn't that. I just it was it's you know me. It's like I'm just disorganized like <laughs> like I wasn't making it a consistent habit. Oh, yeah. Or also my life was a little more chaotic, so um regular uh, schedules, man. Yeah. You do so, so much for you. I've been very regular with it and but I'm only, you know, but I'm also been I've been very regular with a lot of things like cooking and home organization and all these other things mm-hmm. so it's like it gets its 15 minutes a day <laughs> you and mar- then other stuff happens Marie condoing your I am we can talk about that when okay. we talk about what I've been watching okay we can talk about that <laughs> I watched the first episode and I have some thoughts so. yeah. yeah well well here we can talk about it now but do you I have did books? watch it um oh books yes Let's I do, do books first so I have completely given in to the audiobook, especially now that I'm doing a bus commute. Yeah, they're good um, And so I finished Tale for the Time Being, which I think I talked about the last time, which is by Ruth Ozeki. 
amazing. Loved it. Um, then I listened to um, The Power by Naomi, I want to say Edelman, um, which... You're talking to me like I know what that I, is. I think I'm know. asking myself, um, okay. which got a lot of press when it came out. The and title I saw sounds familiar. So many people. Um, it's a speculative fiction about uh, a history of the world assuming that around now women suddenly discovered that they have this power to deliver electrical shocks that they have oh, right. this source of power that women all have this source of power I remember called that. a skein. Yeah. A skein. A skein. That's what it is. Um, and so it's being told like as a history of the, like this thing that happened in the past. Um, now that the power structure of the world has been completely upended. Um, it, so it was really interesting really well written, super gripping. Like it's kind of a political drama through. I mean, you're, you're following all these different people's stories. So each person's story is slightly, and they all kind of intersect in different ways. So one person is a journalist and one person is a politician. And, um, but anyway, I thought it was really fascinating and, um, very clever and very thought provoking. And I really enjoyed it. Um, the next book that I listened to was My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Um, the author's name completely escapes me. It is, um, when I first started it, I actually remember thinking, like, Aaron would hate this. Um, because... I mean, I hate the title. I know. Um, so what it is, it. is about a... She doesn't put it this way, but a very, very depressed, very wealthy, orphaned young woman who decides that what she simply needs is to sleep, to just spend a year and do nothing but sleep. Um, and she procures through many means, lots of drugs in order to do this. Mm. And, um, it's, I'll just say like, without like it didn't go where I thought it would go. And I found it incredibly fascinating and well observed and, so interesting in ways that I didn't think of. like at first I thought like, ugh, whiny rich girl, but it's, it's just so beyond that. Um, really interesting. So I, I, I liked that a lot, but I could see how people would maybe would not enjoy it as much. Sounds like um, I would probably, <laughs> I don't know though. Cause it's, there's just, it, it goes way beyond like the fact that she's, I mean, the fact that she's orphaned is why she has money. And then the fact that she has money is what allows her to just sort of opt out of living. Um, But everything else that's going on in her internal life and the things that she does are still interesting. Um, And yeah, I don't know. She just, and it was very interesting. It just didn't really do anything too obvious in any way. And it, I, I found it very compelling and moving and strange, and I, I did really like it. Um, the next book I listened to, we just did for book group, and we just discussed last night, and it is the first book in a very long time that we all agreed was excellent. Okay. And it is called Underground Airlines by Ben Winters, and it is another speculative fiction um, of America today, except... Uh, the Civil War was never fought because Lincoln was assassinated and 
slavery still exists in four U.S. states, but that he has created this whole history of the United States in which um, all these laws have been created to like protect these four states. And then, so it's, um, and then you, I don't want to give anything away, but you meet a character who, um, is, is trying to find someone. And so you're learning all about the, the world that he's in. And then you're sort of learning a little bit about what's going, what goes on in the slave states and, um, it's, it's really interesting. It obviously has a lot to say. I mean, it ends up commenting in any number of ways on race. Um, it, it, during, while I was listening to the book, a news story broke and I, about an American retailer that, uh, found out that the Chinese, firm they had hired to like manufacture t-shirts for them mm-hmm. was actually, um, using, um, uh, labor of imprisoned Uyghurs, which is the Muslim minority in China who are heavily, heavily persecuted, um, where people were being, they're arrested or not, not technically arrested. They were being sent for re-education. Uh, um, but re-education, it was being sent to be like slave camps. labor in factories. And goods that, and this is real life we're talking about right now, goods that these people um, were being forced to manufacture um, were being sold in the U.S. So think about that the next time you find a really cheap t-shirt. Um so very sobering. And then, uh, but anyway, the book is really interesting, very well observed. Um, what, one of the things I found most fascinating about it was how thorough and complex a history he had created for the U S and the ways in which he, um, wove together actual U S history mm-hmm. and then his version of U S history. And that, you know, where everything sort of progressed in the same way, but not white. Um, and it, it was, it's really interesting. It's really very smartly written. The characters are very, um, thoughtfully created very, each character is very distinctive. Like, um, yeah, we all enjoyed it a lot. We all felt like it was really well written. Um, really interesting. interesting. Um, and right now I'm listening to The Female Persuasion, which is by Meg Wallacer, who I read another book by her a couple years ago called The Interestings. Um, and this one is about, um, a young woman who, um, is, uh, being mentored by like a great feminist icon, um, and, I assume I'm only a little ways into it. So I assume she goes on to be her own feminist icon. Um, but yeah, anyway, I really like to write. I like the interestings a lot and I like her writing a lot. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's very smart, very witty, um, well-observed enjoying that one a lot. Cool. Shuffling to myself on the bus a lot, like a weirdo. Yeah. Do it. (laughs) And then to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. What have you been reading? Oh, 
Well, you know, I was on vacation, so of course I finished some stuff. Millions of books. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I read, Andy lent me a book by, what's her name? Caitlin Doughty? Doughty? Um, called Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematorium, which are oh, short she's the... kind of vignettes about her time as uh, <laughs> working at a mortuary, cremating bodies and working in the death industry, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Noah read the first, I don't know, the first section didn't end up liking it. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what she has to say about the current methods of dealing with death and bodies is really interesting Mm -hmm. and not good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and she also has a website called the order of the good death where she has all kinds of articles and conversations with people and various aspects of the death industry. Um, but I mean, it's not for everybody, Mm -hmm. obviously, but we'll have to say that, um, Washington might pass a body composting thing yeah, soon, which is, has been in the news quite a bit, yeah. which is actually a really interesting process. So mm-hmm. I will leave you to Google that on your own. Um, but if you are interested in what that type of work is like, then I say it's a pretty good take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, she brings in parts of her own life um, and like her culture's how, how they deal with death. So that's really interesting. I read How to Build a Girl by Caitlin Moran. Moran. She's Brit, um, British. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought parts of it were really funny, but also parts of it were really problematic. Mm. It's about um, a 14-year-old girl who decides to reinvent herself as a girl named Dolly Wilde in the mid-90s. And she starts wearing, like, a top hat, like, slash, and dressing like a goth, and kind of, um... Well, now I know what your problem is. <laughs> no, I don't have a problem with goths. No, I don't have a problem with goths. I do have problems with top hats, though. Why? It's, like, the most ludicrous hat wear. Like, if it's windy, it just falls right off. You can't really pin it on. Anyway. She's, like, a poor girl living, um... I can't even remember what the town is. Wolverhampton? Mm. Apologies if I'm not saying that correctly. Um, And her dad, I guess they're they're on subsidized house. They live in, what do they call it there? An estate? No. Council housing? Yeah. They have council housing and there's like four kids and an unexpected set of twins. Maybe there's five kids. Unexpected twins. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, oh, I gotta figure this out and try and bring in more money. So she quits school at the age of 14, 14 or 15 and goes on to write for this music rag and starts drinking and doing drugs and then like sleeping with all these people in and around surrounding the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of what I, part of what I found problematic that somehow she finds herself by just sleeping around a lot. And I just, it, that's a problem for me. Yeah. Uh, with like little interest, not so much introspection mm-hmm. about why she's doing that. Yeah. Um, but some of it is very, very funny. And um, 
Yeah. And I like stuff about music. So yes. it was okay. Not great. I read Dark Places by Jillian Flynn, which I actually really liked because I hated Gone Girl because oh. everyone was terrible. It's not that it was poorly written, but just yeah. like everyone was like such a jerk. <laughs> like nobody was good. I think there was like one cop maybe that was oh, okay. Disappear. I never read it. (laughs) Um, But Dark Places is about this girl named Libby Day, who's in her 20s, but in the 80s, her whole family was killed one night, and she, when she was seven, and she fingered her older brother, Ben, as the perpetrator, Mm -hmm. even though she didn't really see anything. She's approached by this club called the Kill Club, which is basically, they're just, like, interested in true crime stuff and, like, armchair sleuths sleuthing mm-hmm. kind of thing and they're really focused on the I think they call them like the mid-Kansas massacres or something like that but on the Day Family Massacre and she gets drawn into this group to try and make money um, and then starts questioning what she really knows about the night that the murders happened mm-hmm. and the truth of her truth of what happened so I liked it. It's pretty short. Also, there's a movie which I watched with Charlize Theron and Nicholas Holt, which I didn't even know that was a movie. It's A24. <laughs> so I was like, just... By the same name? It's the same. It's the book made into a movie. Huh. I had no idea. I had it's no on idea Netflix. Either. Okay. It's pretty good. Cool. There's some satanic panic stuff thrown in there, which mm. I always enjoy. <laughs> yeah, you do. So, you do enjoy I do. that. I do enjoy satanic panic. Um, I'm reading White White Fragility Mm -hmm. by Robin DeAngelo, which is a tough read, Mm -hmm. Uh, but very, it's really interesting. And so Robin DeAngelo used to be a, like a diversity speaker. She'd like to workshop at companies and stuff like that. So she uses a lot of the, of examples from her time doing that to talk Mm -hmm. about white fragility, systemic racism, I haven't got to, hopefully it, toward the end she gets to a part where she's like, how we work on that. Mm. <laughs> um, but it's, it's good. It's, it's not that long, but it is like a dense book. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Um, to counter, not counteract that, but to pair with that, I'm reading Hello Universe by Aaron Entrada Kelly, which is a YA book that Audrey bought. With some birthday money. Uh, she read it and really liked it. It's about four diverse m- middle school kids who kind of come together because one of the kids falls into a well and is like stuck there. Oh my. So it's told from all their viewpoints. I just started, but I really like it so far. Cool. So, so far, I recommend. <laughs> um, it won a Newbery Award, I oh, guess. Yeah. So, taking that. Not that I put a lot of, uh, what's that word? Stock. Stock. <laughs> In some of the awards, but I think Newbery usually is, is usually a pretty yeah. good one. And then the last thing I read is Autobiography of an Ex-Colored Man by James Weldon Johnson. It was originally published in 1912 and then republished in 1927, and it's... There's no, the main character is a mixed race child and then you follow him into adult. He doesn't have a name in the book. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's basically about experience as a white passing person and a black person during that time in North America. He, his father is white, his mother is black, um, and he grows up in pretty affluent area of New York, um, supported by the white guy who's married to a white woman. And after the main character's mother dies, he decides to travel and go to school. And he decides to go to school in the South to see what the black experience is there, uh, which is a problem (laughs) in uh, early 1900s. And he ends up going to Europe, and so you you kind of get a good overall view of what life is like when he's passing and not passing. Mm-hmm. And um, there are some things I'm sure I'm sure I missed a ton of stuff that were cues for like when he was passing and not passing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was good. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I don't know if this has ever happened before, but I just finished a project while we were recording. Oh my gosh. I don't think it has happened before. Ding, 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 ding. Good job. Helix hat done. Gold Boom. star. Thank you. <laughs> just felt like I needed to announce that. So that's a lot of books, but yes, I, it is. I was on vacation for like a week and a half. Yes. So. All right. Want to talk movies? Watching. I'll keep it quick. You want to talk about uh, the condo thing <laughs> well wait so i watched the final table which is a cooking competition show which is silly but i still enjoyed it which is like supposed to be like international chefs and cooking international food and it's super silly but i still liked it because i like cooking competition shows where people don't yell at each other um we watched killing eve which is awesome sandra O oh just won a golden globe for it um it's written by um and directed or written and directed phoebe waller bridge who did Fleabag. I love her. I want to marry her. She's hilarious. You're already married. I know. Okay. I love her though. Like (laughs) she's awesome. She's so cool. Um, uh, when to see enter the, enter the spider verse. Super awesome. So good. Like even if you don't really like superhero stuff, it's, it's just visually, it's really cool. Um, and it's just, it's super clever. Cause so, you know, like what happens with comic books is, you know, they invented Spider-Man, whatever, 1964, and they have to keep reinventing new mm-hmm. stories for him. Right. Like he can't be the same guy who's gone through all this stuff all this time. So different versions of Spider-Man, like take him back to high school or they're in some timelines. He ends up with Gwen Stacy and some, he ends up with MJ and, in other ones, they all die. You know, it's mm-hmm. like all these different things. So the idea of Enter the Spider-Verse is because of, you know, science experiment gone wrong. Um, all these Spider-Man ver- versions of from different timelines end up converging in a single oh. world. Um, it's really funny. Again, like the visuals are really good. It was, it's, I don't know anyone who's seen it who didn't think it was great. It was, it's, I highly recommend. Um... I watched The Innocent Man. Did you watch that yet? It's true crime. Um, oh, yeah, I did watch that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> true crime about a couple of guys in different cases in um, a small town who were wrongly accused of murder, one who's exonerated, and one who's still in prison. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though they 
sounds like everybody pretty much agrees he didn't do it. Yeah. Um, so deeply troubling. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, I watched Bust- Ballard of Buster Scruggs, which is a Coen Brothers oh, I haven't watched that film yet. they created. Um, it released in theaters and at Nef- on Netflix at the same it's time. It's Western, right? It's, uh, it was kind of billed. It was like a musical Western thing. It's, let me just say, it starts out like it seems like it's going to be fun. It is grim. Every, it, like, it <laughs> he got me. I was like, oh, so fun. So grim. Like, every story is, I mean, there's a few funny moments, but it is just like, it, it was so grim. Like, I, it's done in these little vignettes, and I could only bring myself to watch, like, one at a time. So I watched it over, like, weeks, because I was like... <laughs> do I have the stomach to be this depressed mm-hmm. like for the next and and there were like these short little vignettes so I would like spin for 15 minutes and watch one of the vignettes um but yeah so just be warned it's not cute <laughs> um and then I watched sex, sex education which I think you should watch because there's a there are a number of things that came up in it where I was like Erin is going to yeah, my coworker was like, I watched Sex Education. Have you watched that? I was like, no, but I know Jillian Anderson is, and I don't like her. Right. And she's like, it made me think of you. <laughs> it, it made me think of you, too, just because, like, one of the characters... Well, the soundtrack is really good, mm-hmm. and, like, one of the first sound cues in it is Bikini Kill. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and there's, like, a whole Hedwig thing, and I was just like... Anyway, and I didn't love... When I first started watching it, I'm like, these teenagers except for the main character they all looked about 30 to me and i found it kind of um stagey and also like a little in your face like they're trying to be a little shocking in the first episode or two Mm -hmm. but then they kind of like relax into it a little bit more and develop the characters a bit more and i did really end up enjoying it um but i didn't love the first episode or two uh it took me a little bit to warm up to it um but good soundtrack um good performances it's a little bit over the top but Overall, um, not terrible. Um, but then, yes, I did watch the Marie Kondo series. And I need to preface it by saying that when I left my old job, I got into a whole, like, decluttering thing. So, mm-hmm. um, and my motto then, which I'm carrying into 2019, has been bit by bit. Where I'm just trying to do a little something every day to make my home feel a little more livable, to make things feel a little less oppressive, um, because I am a hanger honor of stuff. Um, and I'd done a big clear out in my office, although my office is still a disaster. I'd already done a big clear out of my closet, um, just cause I've lost now like 50 pounds in the last year and a half and nothing I own fits anymore. I have a comically small amount of clothes now. Um, and, uh, Anyway, so I'd been already on this sort of process mm-hmm. of decluttering. And then they so, released it, like, right when people were going to make resolutions to, like, get their crap together yeah. and get rid of it. Did you, so, wait, you didn't like uh, watching it? But you're have issues with it. Like, I know I'm already organized and I don't hold on to stuff. Right. That aside, I was like, I do enjoy watching people organize things. Maybe I'll like this. It's not like I have an issue with her at all. The first episode, which is the one I watched... Like the people were so passive aggressive and said called <laughs> each other babe so many times. I know, I know. I wanted to just slap both of them. I know. And it just like it really left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I think she is delightful and she has yes. really good information. Like she is so 
open to everybody and whatever they, you know, their situations. Um, as far as I can tell from that episode, because right. I didn't watch the It's so interesting. It's like, there's been all this backlash where people are like, she wants you to throw everything away. And it's like, that is, she never, ever says that. No. And I think that was also, that was the impression I had when her first book, when her book came out and people started talking about it, which obviously I didn't read because I was like, it's a book that's going to try to make me get rid of my stuff and I don't want to get rid of my stuff because I love my stuff. But certainly I believe the message in her book too. But on the show is like, is that you should only keep the things that you truly enjoy. And which, you know, when you say it out loud is like a pretty sensible idea. Um, and that if there's stuff in your life that you don't enjoy, that you don't use, that you don't need, like, you can let that go. Yeah. Um, I do feel like there needs to be a show that addresses the rampant consumerism yes. that people have. Because I think that is a bigger issue. Because you can clean out as many times as you want. But, like, the issue is not just with having the stuff and holding on to the stuff. It's, like, getting the stuff. Well, I think the process, Shopping though, is a problem for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, though, the the process of clearing it out makes you confront your stuff. Yeah, but I would like to... I would like to see that as well. Because, like, if you don't address both ends of it, like, you can say, like, thank you or whatever and, like, appreciate your stuff more. But it doesn't solve the compulsion that people have to get more stuff. Yeah. At all. It just is, like, the have and the get rid of, not the bring in. And she probably says, like, think about what you need or think about what you love when you... You know, I haven't read her book because I'm already an organized. Like, I don't have that issue, but um, I just feel like that, it would be good for that to be part of the conversation, too. Certainly, um, and I am not saying that I am a minimalist or that I aspire to be a minimalist, but I've been watching, like, you know, like, YouTube videos and stuff from people who are sort of on that journey um, just to get a little, like, organizing, decluttering inspiration Mm -hmm. from And, um, and certainly like that whole minimalist movement is much more overt about like, stop spending money on all this stuff. Like stop shopping. Like why are you actually, I follow a YouTuber. Like I used to follow her ages ago cause she was like a makeup person. She's become more of just sort of like a lifestyle personality, but she talked about, um, very honestly about like doing, deciding to do a clothing, no buy just for like some short period of time. And really analyzing what were the moments where she felt like she wanted to go shopping. Mm-hmm. And she was she was like, it was mostly when I was, like, lonely. Like, mm-hmm. it was like a cure. It was a thing to, I, to do to cheer myself up. And I totally get I think that. And I totally and associate. Or, or, and, yeah. and, like, it, for me, you could also substitute eat for shop in all in that, you know, when you're bored, you're alone, you're, like, you're just doing these things to sort of, like, fill the void. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the thing I do to fill the void is like empty a cabinet and get rid of a bunch of stuff <laughs> and then clean it all and put it all back. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, mean, I do like her folding method. I do fold I my do. t-shirts like yeah. that cause they Cause look really nice. you can see it all. Yeah. It's so much easier and to find And it's good for stuff. sweaters. Mm-hmm. Like if you have, I find it's better for like fingering weight and like DK weight sweaters up to DK. Worst, it gets a little weird because they're just like bulkier. They don't really. Well, but bulky sweaters don't fit in a drawer well. Period. Period. Because even yeah. if you put them in a stack, you can put like one and a half in a stack, and then mm-hmm. it's full and it's going to get snagged. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
So those are my thoughts on it. Yeah. I don't have a problem with her at all. Well, I think she does great things for people. Yeah. So. No, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. I was a little sad when it was over because I was like, because I'd watch like 10 minutes and then I like get up and do something. Um, it was, I found it very inspirational to just Good. get stuff done. What have you been watching? Oh, uh, quite a bit of stuff. I watched The Circle. I put it in parentheses, hated. Oh, oh, the, the Tom um, Hanks. Oh, yeah. What's yeah, your no, face? And Watson. It's like, yeah, it got terrible. Oh, it's terrible. I got it from the library, so I didn't spend any money on it. I don't recommend spending any money on it. It was really bad. The acting was bad. I didn't like, like, this kind of, I was going to use some really explicit (laughs) thing to see what was happening, Uh, which would have been really funny, but I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Um, This thing of, like, developers like kind of jobs-esque corporation corporate people being so far up their butts that they lose a perspective on like what privacy means or what security means or what free will means or being able to get away from technology like any of it it was Mm -hmm. just no it's making fun (laughs) of me because i was just yelling at the tv the whole time (laughs) i'm like the fire um the Fire Festival documentaries. Oh, did you watch them? Both? I watched both. So there's one on Hulu, and there's one that on was, Netflix that had not been announced and came out like a week before the one on yeah. Netflix, which had been announced. The one on Hulu has some serious ethical issues because they paid the dude who went to jail for defrauding people, mm-hmm. paid him for his interview. Yeah, but then on the other hand, the Netflix doesn't have. And I think if they, like, edited the two together, it would be, like, one really good documentary. <laughs> because the Hulu one has, um, it has a lot of the backstory mm-hmm. of that scam artist, um, Billy, yeah. of his, his, like, backstory, and <laughs> a lot of the news footage about when it, the fire Festival was actually happening, and then... The Netflix one has a lot more conversations about the people who worked for Fire mm. and what it was actually about, which was an app where you could um, book entertainment people like Ja Rule or, you know, models or whatever. So you could, like, go to the app, find who's available, find what their rates are, and, like, kind of cut out the agent side mm. of it and just book it through the app. And so, because the fire fire festival is such <laughs> such a, a horrible horrible failure, they had to the developers one they didn't get paid for their work because mm. they lost all their money, right. and two they had to scrap the entire app they were working on because no one would use it or buy it because of the failure of the festival. So I yeah. felt for those guys. Um, it's just like. Layers of stupidity, and uh, that guy is such a scam artist. Yeah, it's just, and then he was like out on parole or out on bail, and still scamming people, mm-hmm. trying to sell tickets to things he didn't actually have. <sighs> so much stupid. I just, <laughs> I seriously, I knew nothing about Fire Festival. I'd oh. never heard of it before. Oh, really? So I started watching the Hulu documentary thinking it was a mockumentary. Oh, no. Because it reads so well as a mockumentary. <laughs> That's and true. I was like, 
how do they get this news footage? Like it's actual news footage. Oh how did this? And I was like, did you not hear about it. And I was talking the to Andy about it today. I mean, even I, I mean, well, I don't, I'm not like, you know, tuned into stuff, but like, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't I have a TV. You don't do a lot of social do, media. Well, I don't follow yeah. like influencers no. or like any of the music people that were mentioned. I'm I not only on Twitter. heard about it after it was like, it blew up and it was, you know, and everybody was yeah. just so mad and it was such a disaster that, but I remember hearing about it then. And see, if you live in a weird cultural bubble like i know a lot of other stuff i just didn't know that thing then you could totally watch it and think it was a mockumentary except unfortunately for the people involved it wasn't it was not yeah people who never got paid yeah and then he wouldn't lay them off so they could get unemployment he's just like i'm just gonna stop paying you Mm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Uh, i watched a true crime series called murder mountain Okay. It's, it's a docu-series on Netflix about, um, this, like, I think he was in his late 20-year-old kid from, who goes to Humboldt to work growing weed in production and to do, um, distribution, and he goes missing, and his family goes up to Humboldt to try and find him. So, I grew up in Mendocino County, which is part of the Emerald Triangle, Um, and so I was like watching excite true crime is interesting to me. Also, it talks a lot about marijuana production and how it's changed now that it's legalized. Mm -hmm. There's still a black market. Duh. There's always going to be a black market for it. Um, so like more of the production side was interesting to me because I didn't know some of the stuff and like, you know, how much it costs for permits and all that stuff. But... I think the true, the, like, the missing person thing, like, because I grew up in an area where that was also a thing, mm. like, I don't feel like it maybe had the impact on me mm. that it would yeah. to people who are not familiar with that culture. So I'm interested if anyone else has watched that, like, let me know what you thought of it, if it was really shocking to you, because I didn't find it shocking. Um, like, what was shocking to me is when I learned that on the East Coast, you can walk across people's properties. Like, <laughs> I was like, you can't do that. You'll get shot and killed. In Northern California, <laughs> you stumble across someone's grow, and you just never show up where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So I was like, that's not a thing. <laughs> um... I'll skip some. I watched Bird Box, which I enjoyed. I know people are making fun of it, but yeah. Oh, okay. I I like these, um, this kind of new genre of not being able to trust your senses kind of, uh, kind of horror thriller things. Like, they couldn't see. A ton of it was over the top, but I liked the... It just felt like it was such a, uh, so derivative of Quiet Place, like, or... I haven't seen Quiet Place yet. Oh, really? No. Oh my gosh! Okay, I don't. I would have, mm, no, I, I would have thought you would because I mean, yeah, everyone. It was supposed to be a really good horror movie, which is yeah. why I didn't see it. But um, you know, in that one, like it's all in silence, and in this one, like you can't, you have can't your see. eyes covered. It's There's like, also what's like, the next one? The you know, M Night like, Shyamalan one called The Happening, where the trees like oh, are right, releasing yeah. some kind of toxin that's right. making people the kill crazy, themselves. Yeah. Um, so it's it's like all kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Thing. And I find it more interesting because, like, if you can't trust your own senses, what are you going to trust, right? right. I'm going to end 
on a good note. Okay. The new season of True Detective. Oh, I haven't started it. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Marishal Ali. Marishal Ali. I was. I know. I always double check my yeah. Marishal Ali. He's the main character. It takes place current day, 1990 and 1980. 1980 is when the crime actually happened. 1990 is when he's being interviewed again. And then current day, he's being interviewed for kind of a true crime documentary thing. And he has memory problems. So you have this interesting thing of him kind of... Kind of the three timelines running into each other in interesting ways. It's your favorite. It's murder and memory. Oh my gosh. And kind of unreliable <laughs> narrator because yeah. you don't know what what he's what's actually true because he could be misremembering it. Right. Um, it's it all is your so good. Themes. It's got Scoop McNary in it too. Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's like. You never finished Halt and Catch Fire, did you? Uh-uh. Okay. I, I had a real problem with the Steve Jobs. Uh, I did too, look. but I like got past it and yeah. I still really, I ended up, yeah, I, I had moments where I'd like pause and walk away from it for a while and then I'd come back to it, but, but I was yeah, glad I watched so the whole thing. If you were disappointed in season two because it was garbage. I never even watched it. I heard it was too bad. It, the new season's more like season one where there's like them looking back, mm-hmm. but you're also experiencing at the same time. And then, Yeah. His memory issues. It's just so good. Highly yeah. recommend. Yay. I love it. I'm just awesome. going to leave the other stuff okay. up. American Experience. I love it. <laughs> Watch the six-hour Great War series. Fantastic. <laughs> and Dairy Girls. Yeah. I started Did, I like started to watch it, and my son was like, what is this? And I was like, I don't know yet. I just started it. And then, like, I got distracted and then I didn't get back to it. It's like 15 it. and 16 year old girls in Northern Ireland in mm-hmm. 1982. Yeah. And it's six episodes that are like 20 minutes and they're hilarious. And one yeah. of the girls' names is Erin. And they're always getting into trouble and they're all kind of misfits. <laughs> they go to this Catholic girls' school. That's great. Cool. Yep. Good stuff. That's um, a long episode. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. Since it's already been between January. Thanks for hanging in for all that. But, yeah. um, okay, so show notes will be at doublenet.net, or you can join us on our Ravelry group, which is Doublenet Podcast Fans. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye.